at its core, self-confidence is really just believing in your own willingness to adapt and learn. It's not about having the right answers. It's like, it's about trusting you can find those answers and continue to just move, move that needle a little bit more each day. Like confidence in who you will become, not necessarily who you are right now. Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will prepare you for the rapidly changing world. So, jump in. The water is warm, and the tide is rising. Ah, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Podcast. Daniel DiPiazza checking in with you here. So happy to have you. And I'm really looking forward to sharing today's episode with you. In fact, today's episode, I had someone leave a comment on on one of our YouTube videos or one of our Instagram uh, videos. And they were like, I love your podcast, but sometimes it's too casual. Well, if you don't like casual podcasts, today is not the day for you. Uh, Today is just a conversation with my friend, Dustin Lean. Uh, I've been friends with Dustin for, oh, I don't know, five, six years now, maybe more. And uh, we first met in Los Angeles where we live close to each other. And we actually were workout partners for uh, for a number of years. And so we got a lot of time to know each other. And we saw each other you know, work through various business models and troubles and uh, things like that. He's spoken at some of my events and uh, he's just a good guy. And um, you know, he's, he's just a straight up G. And uh, so we had just a, a great convo about business and life and the process of building things and uh, your creative potential and all of those things which make life and business uh, much more interesting. And as it happens, uh, this, I wouldn't even call it an interview, but this conversation gets cut short because my internet just completely takes a shit. So it's going to cut off, you know, kind of at a weird endpoint, And that's just kind of how it is. But it's a really good conversation and it's over an hour. So I didn't want to lose it. This is also why I've moved to the studio. So if you've noticed, maybe you're not an audiophile like I am, but if you've noticed, the quality of the podcast is improving. That's because I'm doing the majority of these shows now in studio. And I'm doing that because we are doing an everyday show, as you can see now. And this is my statement for the world. You know, I think uh, it took me a few years of like just stepping away from really consistently creating and saying, okay, do I have anything to say? And if if so, what do I want to say? Now I've gone from kind of being relatively quiet for two or three years to just exploding with things to say. And, you know, as you know, we're doing it, uh, you know, seven days a week of the podcast, we're dropping, um, we're dropping Power Packs, which is my new mixtape series, the first volume. It's a five volume series. The first volume in that series is coming out. Uh, first week of May. I'd love to drop it on my birthday. I want to drop it May 1st, but I think I might have to push it out to my birthday, which is May 4th. And we uh, we actually just laid the first initial tracks for it. And it's um, it's like just an awesome fucking mix of just bangers, just really good music. And it's designed to get you thinking and asking the most pivotal questions about your life and business. It's not me telling you what to do. It's you doing some introspection. And it's all through audio. And I think you're really going to like it. This first volume comes out uh, in just about a week here. So stay tuned on the podcast. And that's what I'm saying. I just have so much, so much shit to talk to you about and so much uh, stuff that we're working on together. Make sure you go to newwaveentrepreneur.com to get all the updates on the show as they're happening, all the updates for the community. If you join our email list on that website, you can get in with us on Slack. That's the New Wave community or not Slack, Jesus Christ, Discord. They're all the same app. You can get in with us on Discord, the new uh, the new new wave community on Discord. This is kind of where we've moved after Facebook. This is like the post Facebook revolution. I feel I feel that 
most people don't want to be in a Facebook group. I feel like this is a great place to build a community offshore. So come join us, get on our email list, then you'll be invited to Discord. All right, that's it. Let's jump into this episode, this awesome conversation with my friend, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, let's just dive into something. Yeah, so talking I, about Command Thirty. Yeah, it's. Uh, have you heard of Seventy Five Hard, Andy Frisella? Uh, I did it once. You did it once. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, so Committed Thirty is sort of like that, but not not as insane and not as unforgiving. Um, <laughs> the nice version of <laughs> <laughs> it's the reasonable version the reasonable for uh, for people who want to cultivate discipline without driving themselves insane it might be a good first like a, it's like a half marathon yeah for, that's a nice way to look at it you know it, it's a, it, it's just like stepping stones it's like it's really easy to fail something when you're going to hard mode the first time it might be and literally yeah. hard. you might want to go 30 intermediate <laughs> yeah know? well and what what i what i didn't like about 75 hard is that if you, you're supposed to start over if you mess up once fuck you <laughs> not doing it that is just to me i'm I'm like I'm not doing it i would consider no. myself a highly disciplined person but some days like stuff goes cray cray and you might have to miss your second workout in the rain yeah i i, I understand what they're getting at with the discipline and i think that helps for people who haven't had a very disciplined life to overcompensate for that if they're trying to learn that as a skill for the first time to teach themselves the principle but I, I get that principle, and if I miss my second workout in the rain, but then again, the, there's an argument to be made, well, that's not why you're not a world champion. But, you know, it's like... <laughs> sure, yeah. why not Why not make it impossible 120? Yeah. Why stop at 75? You know, how about, how about universally frowned upon 365? Don't do this workout. <laughs> it's just every day for your entire every life, day. and if you mess up, you got to kill yourself. Start over again. That's the- <laughs> yeah, start all the way over again. No, nope, that's it. No, nope, take it back. Uh, I, I, well, we, we used to talk about this. We, uh, spent a lot of time training together and just hanging out in LA. And one of the things we always said was it was working out early in life was a great investment, a great ROI. For sure. What are other things that people, uh, don't know are great, have great ROIs and should be thinking about? I would say most people should at some point in their life train in martial arts of some kind. Thank you for saying that. Did you? Are you just trying to lead me into that? No, no. It's because it's because like me. no, no. You were talking about early, early life stuff too. Like, yeah, like true. started working out. Like we both started working out in our you know teens, teens. and and just like how uh, the 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 development of that accumulates where you hit adulthood, and there's just so there's so many other things um, other than just what you look like. Just your, there are biological benefits, of course, to where you already have muscle mass and it makes it easier yeah. to keep your weight under control. Uh, your metabolism is better. Your energy is better. If you want to try to put on more muscle, you already have the muscle memory of how to do that faster. But same thing with martial arts. Like I grew up doing it when I started at five years old and then I was you know, active in it till I was 25, 24, 25. And 
it was the like the biggest thing for my whole shaping of my life was the discipline of uh, getting punched in the face and um and getting up again and doing it all over again learning technique and doing the same thing over and over again even though you feel like you're already good at it and then you realize there's whole new levels to to mastering something through consistency and repetition yeah that's so true and i you know when i was a kid they would always say martial arts builds character and i didn't really understand what they meant when they said that but now looking back on it i'm like oh that's that's what they meant you're like building uh resilience and you're building uh you know problem solving skills and you're building like self-confidence and that i think you overlook that if you already have that but if you you know if you don't uh, don't have that then it's something that you kind of sorely lack your whole life and it um it creates like a, a gap that you don't even know you should be feeling yeah yeah, I think what's cool too with most martial arts is that like you're doing karate. Yeah, yeah, I did American karate was like my main one, and I got that's the one I got the third degree black belt in. Nice. And I com- competed most in that, and then I also did a little bit of taekwondo, judo, and jujitsu. Nice. So uh, with American karate, is what are the fundamentals like? What are the what are the basics to know? What's the fighting style? Got it. It is. It's very practical, like stand up combat fighting. There are certainly elements of it that are not practical that you almost have to teach yourself out of once you start yeah. competing in, in fighting and stuff, especially if you branch outside of that. Just silly things like like you uh, like mo- most karates um, when they do like sparring, it's a point based system. So it's not right, yeah. like it's not full contact. You can there certainly are those and like I competed in those two, but it's very different. Like if you're if you're doing point fighting, it's more about speed and accuracy and even where you block and stuff is going to be different than if you're in an actual fight uh, or doing full contact. It's like that jujitsu but- too. They have stupid rules for things like you'd never be on your with a turtle in a turtle position on your you know, all fours like this in a street fight, you know, (laughs) I mean, it might confuse your opponent. I don't know. Yeah. No, you'd never do that. Like, Oh, this guy's done. Yeah. So it's, it's very, it's very stand up combat. Um, you know, punch. Is it mostly kicks? It's, it's a pretty good mix of punch and kick, but there's no knees, no elbows. Okay. Nothing like that. No throws. So there's no, there's no clinch work. It's just, uh, it's a stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then there's kind of like, that's like the fighting side. And then there's the, uh, the katas and the forms and that's yeah. more, that gets more traditional and more. So there, there's like the, there's like traditional forms everyone has to learn. And there's like in our, in our school, I think there were seven or eight you have to learn and compete doing. And then there's uh, ones where like when you, when you get higher up in the belts, you can start making up your own and kind of doing you, you create them and then you get judged on your creativity and on your technique. And so that's when you get into cool stuff like doing flips and uh, like almost like incorporating break dancing in some of it or different styles. The gymnastics of element of yeah, yeah. karate. That everyone Highly sees. impractical. Yeah. 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 Like when you see those people on like the Red Bull competitions doing yeah, the board yeah. breaking. It's that's like, crazy. well, first of all, I don't want to fight any of those people. Second, those boards are made of paper. Like yeah. it is, it is very impressive, but you try to, you try to do any of those moves in real life, like, or hit a board that's more than a quarter inch thick. You're going to break your foot. Yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's an art and a science to it. Even with like professional wrestling, it's real and it's fake. Like you can really get yeah. hurt, but it's choreographed to a certain extent. So yeah. And it's still impressive. I, like, yeah, it's still impressive. It's all, it's still athletic. So it's like, we're, we're, you know, but, but I think a lot of people will see karate or even Taekwondo is like, so they'll be, they'll be like, oh, 
that's the flashy moves are the ones I would use in a fight. But really, you'd be using the basics of any martial art, really. You know? Right. Yeah. Same thing with like jujitsu. They have these crazy, these crazy positions from the guard where you're wrapping your legs on these crazy situations and then, you know, flipping them over. And it's just like in a basic situation, it would just be like, protect yourself, close the distance, take down, take them to the ground, hold them there, punch them. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. it'd be so not flashy or, you know, maybe they move and you get an arm and break the arm. That's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. all My... this training for that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, like the two most important things I learned in karate is like for if you're going to get in a fight is one, just avoid fights if you can, <laughs> like just <laughs> never get in that situation. Yeah. And then, and then two, if there's a knife, just run. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you don't got to prove yourself to someone training. with a knife. Just get out of the way. Totally. Yeah. That's what our, our people, our, our professors say too. They're just like, if you get, if you're about to get in a fight, don't. I'm like, but we're, yeah. we're training, <laughs> we're training for it. <laughs> no, you don't want to yeah. get in a fight, man. We, um, we actually almost got in a fight on our wedding night. Uh, not not me and Sarah. Do you think you would have won or Sarah? Yeah. No. <laughs> definitely her. Definitely her. Uh, and that was I think it was a white belt at that time. But uh, she or our whole wedding party was um, was booked for uh, what was it like a karaoke night at a place downtown in San Francisco where we got married. We got married uh, right at a public park. It was pretty. It was pretty fun. And we had just like, I think it was like maybe seven to nine family and friends. It was like a pretty small crew. And it was like my mom, my dad, my 65-year-old aunt, my, you know, um, my sister-in-laws, you know. So just like, you know, uh, my, my brother-in-law, just like a few people. And um, we get to the uh, we get to the entrance to the club and Sarah doesn't have her ID. But we're coming from our wedding and they know that we booked it for our wedding reception afterwards. It's no one is, no one is under 20. It's impossible. It's impossible for anybody to be under 21. <laughs> and it's like a Saturday night with no one there in San Francisco and there, there's no one in their stupid fucking bar. So, <laughs> you know, they're just so, so they're like, Oh, we can't let you in because of, you know, ABC XYZ re- regulations. And we had just had a really nice dinner. So everyone had, had, probably a lot to drink and we were pissed <laughs> and so we just started getting into it and then uh all of a sudden like the 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 bouncers started to come on they started to like be like hey you better get out of here there are people with guns around here you know you need to be careful you can't be starting stuff and then this, this big samoan dude who was like he was trying to scare us and he was he was kind of snarling and he was drooling a little bit and it's kind of getting in our face and my dad my dad would love to get in a fight in his mind he would love to have a scrap but i think physically especially now that we're training together i know that he should not get in a scrap right now he needs yeah he needs more training (laughs) right now it's not just enough to be strong We, we we were very very close to getting in a melee and i just thought man even if i would have come out of it okay i don't want this big samoan on me get off me you know (laughs) Even if I win, you don't win because I got a big Samoan on me, punching me and, and elbowing me, and kicking me and being crazy and shit. There's no winning in a fight. That's why they tell you don't get into fights. <laughs> that's great advice. There's no winning because I mean, it's it's really like in that scenario, you you quote unquote win the fight. You're still not going to get in the bar. Like it's no, not going to be like, oh, oh, you you won. You you get entry no, now. No, there's no there's no <laughs> win. And sometimes a lot of times, too, this is the truth. Even if the fight was provoked by the other person they can sue you and still win damages that's true if they get in your face and fuck with you 
And by the way, do you see? I just saw this today. Mike Tyson punched someone on a plane today. That would because they, that would be they, a punch I wouldn't want. That would be a punch I wouldn't want. He, this this guy was fucking with Mike Tyson, and he was he got up in front of him, taking a selfie with him, bugging him, messing with him, messing with him. I, you know, I wouldn't into the whole conversation, obviously, but there's someone was videotaping it. Mike gets up and boom, 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 and the guy has blood on his face now. You know, so and I. Yeah, who, I think I think the guy was drunk. But who antagonizes? It's like it's like it's like poking a tiger. <laughs> I I you don't know? know. I don't. Um, You're stupid. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not so sure what it paycheck. takes mentally. Probably, probably you like, know? hey, if I this guy punches he me, baited I can. Mike, I hope yeah. you know. That's why I was mad because I know he baited Mike. You just hope a judge sees it. The video yeah. is like, yeah, you deserved it. That, and that's what, and, and maybe, hopefully it was in Texas, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, I, and I was, I was just in Austin for the first time, uh, a few, two weeks ago. And oh, you, I didn't know that was avoided, your first time. Yeah, yeah, I avoided, avoided you. Yeah, right. Yeah, you avoided You're me. right. But no, it's because I told you at the last minute is what it was. <laughs> and, uh, you moved to Austin, uh, when everyone else moved out of LA. Yeah. May, 2020. Yeah. We moved out in March and. But you are originally from where in Texas? Around Austin-ish. Um, so there's, Damn, there's you moved Aust- right back home. <laughs> well, I'm I'm about an hour ten from home. Damn. So it's out out in the hills right more. Okay. So you're very familiar with the area. Yeah. 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 I like Texas. It's yeah. like the one the one thing that's most confusing though that people don't realize is like like you think of the heat and the, yes it gets super hot but. Um, it gets colder than you would think in the winter time, and there's not really much in between. It's either like a hundred outside, or it's like forty, and those are just yeah. the two seasons you live in. That's how desert. And then there's is. like a week in the middle. Yeah, that that's yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Same thing in like the when you see like the plains, people think about like cowboys and hot and outdoors, but like Wyoming and stuff and all those. You know, even in the Midwest, it gets really cold. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, especially in Texas, it still does. And when I was when I was flying in for the first time, I have to be honest, I was flying in. I said, "This looks flat and gray." Yeah, yeah, that sums it up. And then and then <laughs> flat some and like gray. Wa- and then with Austin, you get you get a you get some more hills and you get lakes, and that's what makes it fun. Yeah, that's why people want to be there. Yeah, you can still get some some water time, and the west side of Austin in particular has very nice very nice hills. It's just very expensive. The house that we were in. Uh, for the Airbnb that we were in was some like 19, it was like, we, we zillowed it. It was like 1970, 1971. And it was going for, you know, it was, it was a two, it was a, no, it was a three bedroom, two bathroom, but like small, maybe 1200 square feet, something like that small. And it was going for $800,000. You know, it had, a, it had a small backyard. It was not nice. I mean, it, it was nice. But it wasn't, you know, it was a 1971 yeah. house that was made for Airbnb that was refurbished. Was it was Come there land or, or was it just the house? Probably a quarter acre, you know, something oh, okay. like that. Not Yeah, that's not that's crazy. That's crazy because yeah. I, I looked on the map when you, you sent me where you were staying. And that's not even yeah. like, like you weren't like in the city or anything. Like it, no. it was it was still 20 you minutes. Saw out. Yeah, you saw where we were at. Yeah, yeah. We were, yeah. Man, it was 800 grand. It was 780. And, and yeah. four years ago, the last time it sold, it sold for like. 300 you know yeah yeah that about sums it up right now it's pretty wild man crazy i always look at those things on zillow i'm a real nosy when is the last time this thing sold you know how much is this worth i'm judging it while i'm in here i'm like this is only this is what i get for eight hundred thousand in austin this is crap 
know. <laughs> well, know? that's yeah. You're you're spoiled in Oregon now. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely better. Like shit. One of my friends was telling me that they were looking to get a house in um, just to rent a house in the Hollywood Hills and or not not Hollywood Hills. Um, well, yeah, like West Hollywood, West Hollywood, Hollywood okay. Hills. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of like removed a little bit because we were in Santa Monica before and that whole area, I don't think anyone wants to be in West LA anymore. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just like, especially like just in Portland, it's the same, but the homeless is population is, is exploding in yeah. the beach cities in LA. So they yeah. kind of want to move a little bit above it to either like Topanga or to the hills. Which I yeah. understand. And he was telling me that for the, the, first of all, it's almost impossible to find a place. And the ones they did mm. find for rent, the range is between five hundred thousand and and sixty five hundred a month, and they're getting twelve hundred square feet for that. Dang, five thousand to sixty five hundred per month for twelve hundred square feet. Yeah, that's like <laughs> a that's like a small two bedroom. It's insane. Dude. It's <laughs> that insane, is crazy. Dude. I mean, yeah, that they have crazy. a little bit of land, like you know, and, and when you're used to yeah, when you're used to living in LA and it's already expensive and you get nothing, having twelve hundred square feet mm. is a lot, and having any land is a lot, but it just lowers your standards so much, you know. Yeah, there was there was a there was a golden era when we were in LA for sure. And it was still really expensive, but it was like you there was some kind of constant where you felt like you could you could get there if you tried, you know. Yeah, I I think it's like uh when someone's telling a joke and everyone's laughing and you think that everyone's laughing with the joke, but then you realize you're the joke. And that's kind of how I felt about LA pricing. I was like, man, it's so fucking expensive here. It's crazy. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. And everyone's like, yeah, it's crazy. And I'm looking around and I'm like, oh, I'm just getting played, huh? You know, <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's, it's that the prices keep going up and everyone keep, we keep all kind of like pushing each other to do more, do more, do more, yeah. do more. And I'm just like, this environment, you know, look, even, you know, Rogan, Musk, all these people are, are moving. It's, it's just the taxes, man. The you know, taxes just, alone, yeah. Just existing there, just to, just to breathe that air. It's like it's not worth it, you know. Yeah, it's like a long con. Like, oh, come, 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 move here, get a little taste of it. Oh, you want more? Work a little harder. Exactly. <laughs> Stay a exactly. little longer. Every year we'll raise it five percent, and now it's thirty percent from <laughs> you know where it was yeah. years ago. That's how it is. But but maybe a lot of major cities are like that, and, and maybe Austin will be like that at some point. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um... I, I hope Austin doesn't get quite that bad, but I mean, it is like, even since we moved here in, in 2020, it's like, like, man, like even, even the house we have now, when from, from the price, it not when we bought it from the, but from the price, like it was when we moved here before we bought it, right it, it has almost doubled. And that was, and that was just what? May, 2020. It's doubled in two years. It's like, that makes no 40% higher. Which is insane. I mean, that, that's 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 insane. Well, and you know what? That just really shows the value of money going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's not. It's not the same. The dollar the is asset not the isn't same. getting more valuable. The dollar is decreasing. Right. That's funny. Yeah. It's like that's but, that's really like what inflation is at the end of the day. Yeah, because it, it feels good, but then when you know what that means, you're like, oh fuck, it shouldn't be forty percent more valuable in two years it that's only feels good if you if you own the asset that's the only time it feels good yeah well i mean you yeah, it, feels, it feels good but with the on the macro what that means though is bad you know yeah it's like well it's like if you if we uh sell our house in three years and it's doubled then that means every other house is also doubled and we're just going to get the same amount of house right yeah yeah but yeah you, f- you feel emotionally good that you got the money but really it means that that money is 
buying you less and you need more of it. To, I mean, you can see it at the grocery store, you know, you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. We have a pretty big grocery bill. I'll admit it. But well, yeah. we, cause it's cause we shoot for quality though. That's why. Yeah. Gra- well, grass fed beef ain't cheap. Grass fed beef, organic stuff, nice vegetables, you know? Yeah. We, have you noticed that, that the grocery bill has gotten more expensive? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, sure. it's funny. I, I didn't really notice it. I was talking to, to Jackie, uh, my wife for everyone else. I know, you know who Jackie is, but, uh, I was talking to her the oh, other Jackie. day <laughs> of oh. that wife. Yes. Um, we, because we didn't we didn't really notice inflation that much like on a practical level until uh like last month we were looking at our uh budget sheets and I was like man I feel like we're like halfway through the month and I feel like we're like squeezing out the budget right now but it doesn't feel like we've done anything more like extravagant or yeah. or anything than than usual and then just uh like reviewing the costs and I was like man yeah everything's just like you you add like 3 bucks to everything all of a sudden you're your budget only goes till like three quarters through the month, you know? Oh yeah. I was having that same realization, just looking at, uh, I'm like, this is a very expensive period. What's going on here? <laughs> you know, and just <laughs> looking at it and seeing, yeah, everything is just becoming more expensive. And even, you know, even driving an electric car, <laughs> oh, I feel so smart now. I, but I look at the gas <laughs> prices and I'm like, that's, that's clearly a bad sign. And in Austin, they weren't, they weren't as bad as they are in the rest of the country, at least from what I've seen. Cause they were like in the threes for you guys. Yeah. But in yeah. California, they're, they're seven. Close to seven. Yeah, I was seeing that. That's that's crazy. Because it was like it was like in the threes in L.A. You know, and then yeah. like and that was oh, yeah, it's, it's it been was, the threes for years. You know, it was like before we moved to Texas, it was like one eighty nine or something like that. So Is that it's because, gone up, uh, but it's Texas just, has lo- uh, has local oil resources. Honestly, I have zero idea. Let's go with that. That okay. sounds good, though. Well, but I don't know if that's true because then I was I was asking another friend about that, and they said no, the quantity of oil doesn't affect the price. It's the market. You know, and uh, so I don't know, but I just yeah. know that obviously there are there's there's oil refineries in Texas, and it would it, it seems like you guys always have cheaper cheaper oil, and, and, and I think you guys are also like yeah energy independent on the grid. I don't I don't know. I I think I think with oil though, like because I yeah there I know there's yeah there I know Valero has a big uh, uh, like in San Antonio they have a big office and refinery and stuff or i think there's a refinery but they like their prices are more dictated by what the cost for like what their costs are for like crude oil and stuff um and then they refine it so i don't know that they would actually save money unless we were getting the resources out of the ground before they refined it if that makes sense yeah my only thought is that you know if it if compared to shipping oil or crude oil or refined gasoline in because it's the the transportation cost is more expensive for importing it you know yeah yeah that's probably true because other states don't have any natural oil resources at all or any gas resources at all and texas does yeah but i'm I'm completely guessing yeah i don't know that's where the bushes (laughs) made all their money oil right sure yeah how do you get into the oil business how does one start how does one do an oil startup I don't know. I've got a, I've got a, one of my, one of my best friends uh, is an engineer at Valero, but oil startup. I don't That's know. Like I don't know. If, there like, are no oil startups. What's a revolutionary oil business, you know, <laughs> and not oil. Like, yeah, I mean, not oil. Even, I know, I know in California too, isn't, isn't there like a, isn't there a law going into effect where like in 2035, like there can be no more cars sold. They'll push it back. Yeah, I'm sure they will, but they'll push it back. Um, that, that'll never pass. When when that happened, my friend was like, he was like, well, I should probably start uh, learning a different skill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to have a career in ten years. Yeah, no, they're they'll they'll 
they'll they'll be like, oh, look at the time. We'll just rewind this here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. Oh God. Yeah. It, it it makes me nervous to see those prices go up because you get desensitized to them to a point where you're like, oh, six dollars is normal, and then it kind of just stays there. You know. Yeah. Because it's about six dollars in Oregon too. I'm like, that's. Let's make sure it goes back down after the Ukraine scare, guys. Like, what what is the reason why it's going up? Because of Ukraine? Yeah, that's what they say. Um, yeah, just because of uh, Russia has a lot of the or exports a lot um, of the oil, is my understanding. But I think it's just it it's just like inflation never like corrects itself. Like stores right. and whatever, like they it just it just that's the new baseline. It's, just, it's called price creep. Yeah, you know? it's it, like when you start like making more money in your career, and then you can get like, uh, like whatever a better car or house or whatever you do. It's like even even if you're not someone who's who is materialistic or whatever, you still just naturally like start buying things a little more nice, yeah. and then you get used oh, to it. Yeah. Or like, or like if you've never had good whiskey before, and then all you've ever had is like ten dollar Jim Beam. And then you have a friend who gives you, even if it's just like a, like a $25 maker's mark, all of a sudden, like that Jim Beam just doesn't even taste good anymore. But if you never had it to begin with, you could just keep buying Jim Beam. So moral of the story is never try nice things because you'll never go back. The the moral of the story is getting off the gold standard was like allowing that creep to get in for us. Because what happened was we didn't have to tie the amount of money we had in our in in the United States ledger to how much we actually gold we actually had in the, the vaults. And then we right. just created so much money that we couldn't back up and we loaned all this money out and we fucked the whole system up. You get greedy, you know? You get greedy. And well especially uh, when there's no checks and balances. Like you're no like even like even like credit being created. It's like money shouldn't be able to be created. Like that that is uh like once it's set like the supply shouldn't be able no one should have the magic key to just be like oh, i'm gonna increase the supply now yeah and there are yeah and it, it's i think that there are i don't think every time that there's more money created i don't think it's like a a universal consensus i think there are some people who are just regularly creating more money because that's their job all the time they're always adding more to the pool and inflation is happening because we're always, you know, it's it's like the government's not always approving all the money that's being created. I feel. Hmm. Like, what would be an example of that? Like, I, I feel like there are probably, I, 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 I'd like to research the process of it, but I feel like there are probably people in the higher levels of government who are constantly giving themselves loans, taking out loans, ah, I see. creating money that has to be paid back, but they're not getting approval for it. You know, they're not, they're not like asking Congress you know, can such, and such, <laughs> yeah. can such and such, you know, vendor or government contractor company or bank make this loan and bring and send this money over to this company. It's like there's all these transactions going on. There's no checks and balances, like you're saying. So a lot yeah. of money is being created and moved around and there's no oversight of it. You know, it's right. like, no, because it's too big for any person to watch. And a lot of people who are supposed to be watching it are also involved in the, the money games. Yeah. Yeah. And then and like the like pa- power just naturally corrupts and, right. and it, there's just nothing i'm i'm an optimist but when it comes to power it's just really hard for anyone Corrosive. yeah yeah it's hard to it's sustain a, a, le- a level of high integrity when you have a really high level of power just like just like battery acid it can power the car charge the battery up and then it corrodes the system you know it uh yeah. 
And, and it's so funny too when they when they talk about uh, just the idea of Congress and, and uh, Congress members being able to uh, to invest in the stock market and then also regulate the stock market at the same time. That's yeah. something I feel like <laughs> they talk about that. Oh well, yeah. At some point, we should address this. Meanwhile, so many members of Congress are making money off of the industries that they're regulating. They sit directly on these boards that are creating laws that are then right. being. And or they're learning about things way in advance, and we're seeing this at a high level. You know, we're this yep. is coming out all the time now. And what's an average person to think? A quote average person to think when inside baseball is being played on national stages and nothing's being done about it. Yeah, it's and it's it's a uh, like how can there not be natural bias when someone like again? It's just like if you're if you're sitting there knowing you're knowing that your family's money is on the line and you get a say in a decision. Of course, it's really hard to be level-headed and be like, "I'm gonna even even like." It's really difficult to do the right thing, even if it's painful for you. Like that is difficult. I, I just think it's more of, of course, and the people who know that they can't handle that shouldn't be going into public service. It's just like the police officers who are like killing people. It's like, listen, this is a tough job, but you can't kill people that un- yeah. unjustly. You know, it's right. like you have a firefighter who's like, I'm really scared of going into this building. It's like, well, then why did you sign up for this job? <laughs> it's like, you know, with public servants, if, if they, and, and maybe it's that they, that we shouldn't have so many lifers who are in there for 30 years and don't move. Maybe right. it's, you're in there for a short amount of time where you're not investing, you're not, you know, involved with these conglomerates and multi-million dollar backdoor deals of things you're regulating. And you're just focused on public service for that time. And then you get the fuck right. out and do something else with your life. So it's in there for 30 years and not changing any of your, you've been there for 30 years. You haven't changed a damn vote for the whole, you haven't changed your <laughs> mind on anything. You haven't learned anything <laughs> in three decades. You know what I'm saying? They vote, they vote the same way every year. It's like, man, yep. you're not, a, you're not growing here. It's like a cancer <laughs> on both sides, on any side. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, and I, and that's what's that's what's difficult to watch about lifetime politicians is they they rarely vote with even what they believe they no! they vote they vote on what will keep them in their position or advance yes. their position yes or if they know their position is secure just get more money like get get the right get the right uh, organizations on your yeah. side you and guys keep giving suck. them what they want <laughs> you suck I mean and and now it's like a game of how quickly can they can they like default on their word? So a lot of times within the first hundred days of a new presidency, they won't even get any of the things accomplished that they said that they were going to get accomplished and they'll just yeah. put it off and then we'll, they'll hope we forget about it and then they'll never talk about it, you yeah. know? Um, and that happens every, every cycle. And it's just, it's, it's crazy to watch it and to think that we all keep voluntarily going through it and no, no one thinks it actually works. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's like, you know, we're we're not old right now, but, you know, th- about to turn 33, you're about to turn 34, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like there there definitely has been within the last couple of election cycles that aha moment of like, oh, shoot, like everyone's lying to me. Everyone's and like, lying. I didn't realize it because I just wanted this one like agenda to be like, it felt right. Or like, or you start getting a little, you see enough of the repetition. You're like, oh, the thing they say they care about and the the yeah. method that they say they're going to accomplish it by is actually doing the opposite, and yeah. it's going to like cause the opposite reaction uh, yeah. or the opposite result that they say they're trying to do it for, and it gets yeah. very muddy, and then people get very emotional. Yeah. But the one constant is that everyone's lying to me. Everyone's lying, and everyone is. Everyone has a position, 
and like one or many interests, you know, in, involvements in, you know, their position. And a lot of it is tied to money and national security and which is ultimately usually money uh, and control mm-hmm. of things. Even when you look at like just the way that not to go to, it's like a, not to keep diving back into the pandemic thing, but just the way it was handled wasn't handled just from a macro level without talking about specific things. The way it was handled was not handled by uh, an organization that cares first about the health of people. That I would say, <laughs> yeah. you know, and maybe an argument is that we're too big now to have a human response to these problems. We've just, there's no way that a government can have a human response, but I don't know if I believe that. Well, I think that's where they're, the idea is that local governments then have certain powers to be able to care for their local communities. So then it becomes messy when there are like federal laws and overrides. Right. Well, then why are we doing federal laws and all this stuff then? You know, it's I like, and that's what Texas wants to know, states' rights. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like we brought this down to a real low level <laughs> where I feel really bad about the world. So let's talk solutions. How do we, how do, how do we, how do we, uh, how should, how should these things be fixed? Well, what's, I your, mean, look, what's your take? What's your take on money? Let's talk, let's talk about that. Cause like, I okay. know we've talked, I mean, like we've talked about crypto. We've talked about like, okay. yeah, that's a good question. Like what specifically, how do you see, how do you see that tying into, uh, possibly being able to change, um, some of how government works or how laws are made or how uh, power is transferred? Like, what do you, what do you see in the, in the positive side? Well, I, I think that now more than ever, it is important for us to take as much control as we can of our own financial destiny, because there's really no one coming to save you. Even, even in the typical corporate environment where I think we're made to feel at least at some port point very secure in that environment. I don't think it's that secure anymore. Um, from what I can see, it's very much dependent on what skills you have and what's, how that's relevant today. So we shouldn't be thinking about, you know, oh, well, I learned this five or 10 years ago. And if I don't find a job or I can't start a business with this, then it's all over. I think we all need to be adapting. We all need to be mm-hmm. open to that growth mindset. We all need to be open to rebuilding. And, you know, when, just this is my perspective, like, I think that now is a good time to truly start doing the thing and working toward the direction of what you're actually interested in. Because yeah, the thing that makes the money is energy. It, it, it's, it's your time. It's your like mental uh, bandwidth. You, you, you just think about your day from a concrete perspective. You only have so much creative juice you can squeeze every day. You only have yep. so much you know, conscious attention you can focus on. I mean, yeah, you can be awake for 10 hours, but like focus energy on a project, it's, it's, it's small. You know, Elon yeah. Musk seems to have a wider bandwidth, but for most people, it's small. It's a few hours a day. And so that energy really is what compounds to create the momentum that generates money. And if you get really good at that and focus on that, obviously you can create something that generates money without you having to consciously focus on it. But in the beginning, especially, that's important. And even if you want to, change careers, start a new business, if you want to develop uh, an improvement on a current business, it takes conscious and focused energy. So when I think about money, I think about um, where my attention is. And yeah, um, if you are wanting to make more, then focusing your 
attention not on what you don't have. I don't have enough money, but what am I consciously spending my energy and my time on to create that is important. And then looking through, I know we're talking like more, more about strategy, but like then looking through your day and saying, okay, what are the high value and low value priorities, you know, that are going to get me closer mm-hmm. to generating, generating the money, thinking of it from a, from a conscious and a, an energetic perspective. And then, you know, learning the practical side of like packaging yourself is so important in an economy that's fluctuating and yeah. whether it's for an employer or for your own business skills, learning how to package yourself. I have a bunch of different skill sets and I can package them in different ways to suit different needs or to develop different products or try different things, but it's the same me. Obviously I'm growing and learning stuff, but I'm also yep. repackaging myself at each stage. And so you can also yeah. do that. Um, you've done that a few times. Yeah. And I think like, that's a, that's a really good point. And, and like there, there's a compounding effect when, when we have experiences at certain jobs or skills or whatever, and then we transition to something new, we learn something new, you take those experiences and you start forming this really unique, um, this unique set of skills that, you know, instead of if you're a graphic designer and that's all you do, there's a ton of people who do that. Then if you become a graphic designer who also can code, now you've started yep. to narrow that like how many people yep. can do that. And so as you go throughout your life and you open yourself up to learning more skills and having more experiences, you develop a one of a kind set of um, of things that you can bring to any table. Yeah, that's what Naval Ravikant calls specific skills. And that you know, honestly, that's what sometimes like I just feel my own work so much. Like I just like I just look <laughs> at my I look at myself. No, I don't think people really understand. Like. I'm, it's my own podcast. I can brag about myself. I am. <laughs> I look. I have uh, written full-length books. I've produced mixtapes, hundreds of podcasts, videos, done live events, can read teleprompters. You know, all these different skills. Have written. Have written movies. Have done commercials. Have hosted TV shows. All this different stuff. And then you know, like I'm a professional now, but I didn't. I didn't take any classes or like take a certification that said now right. you're a media professional. I mean, but the, but the things I've done have created that effect. I've done, I've done, uh, you know, I've been on, on all types of sets and done all types of, you know, and creative lives, all this stuff now. And, but nothing had not, no one along the way said you're on the track to becoming a media professional, but your experiences make that. And then what you can do with that is up to you. Right. Yeah. And, and I think like, I think that's where, um, confidence starts to be born out of like i feel like people misplace they misplace uh confidence as being confident in something you can already do so like if someone has a like a a goal and they're they're creating like if if a goal they've set is starting to create self-doubt because they don't currently have skills or connections or abilities that are required for that goal um what they're really needing is, is to properly place self-confidence because self-confidence yeah. doesn't really have anything to do with current circumstances. It's about potential, like your potential to learn, to improve, to grow, to connect, to work hard. Like, yeah. do you have confidence? You can figure out what you need to figure out. Like at its core, self-confidence yeah. is really just believing in your own willingness to adapt 
and learn. It's not about having the right answers. It's like, it's about trusting you can find those answers and continue to just move, move that needle a little bit more each day, like confidence in who you will become, not necessarily who you are right now. And I think there's a confidence that can even like, from what I've, what I've found about myself is that there's like, if you have evidence, you can replace some of the confidence with evidence. You know, you don't need to always feel like you can do it if you have proof that you've done it in the past. And even um, when I'm at the gym lifting a weight physically, if I've done it before, and maybe I've taken a X amount of time off or something, you know, or I haven't trained this particular exercise in a while, but I'll look at that bar and I'll say, I've done that hundreds of times in my life. You know, this body can absolutely handle Now, maybe that's how old men get fucked up on the basketball (laughs) court. You know, it's always (laughs) basketball too. You know, I can dunk, I know I can, but but just having that ingrained knowledge it does give you a real confidence. And um, and it's something that, yeah, you have to have proof. And that's the same thing with martial arts. It's like, you can be like, I'm so confident I can, I'm a fighter. But like, if you know what you can do, you just know. And it doesn't, doesn't yeah. mean that you don't think you can lose. But it's just more of, I know what my skill set is. And I've been in the situation multiple times, or many times. And so right. I'm used to the experience of being tossed around a bit. And that's kind of how business is too. You know, you have to yeah. uh, get used to being thrown. I mean, we were we were thrown around so bad with strength of seduction, with Facebook ads exploding, and just we had this whole business built up. We were doing, you know, we were on multi million dollar track, and then you know, and I, it can always make an excuse of, well, you gotta, you know, that's why you should have, you should have seen that coming, and you should have, uh, <laughs> you should. That's why you should always have multiple channels. Like there's all, uh, yes, 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 but that happens all the different, all the time, and all different types of businesses, and you're always gonna get you know, these waves and it's like yeah. learning how to stay with it. Yeah. That's like, that's such a good, uh, recall about entrepreneurship is like, it doesn't matter how smart you are or how, even how much experience you have, you, there are just ups and downs. It's inevitable. Yeah. But what you start to learn is that like, once you get through 20 downs, you start to realize like there's a pattern here and yeah. as long as you can start minimizing how dramatic the peaks and valleys are, exactly. they're still going to be there. But you start having more confidence of like, okay, I got, I've gotten through, I've been here before. I know what I have to do to get through this. Yeah. I, it, that same thing. And yeah, I'll look at my, uh, my own patterns now. I try not to repeat them. I try not to repeat the same pattern too many times, you know, but I can clearly yeah. at least see them. And that's the first step, you know, yeah. <laughs> being able to see the pattern. And then it's like, okay, what did I, you know? What did I do last time that got me there? But for me, like one of the patterns I found is that I am, or as well as also just learning about myself, I am a great initiator. I can really get an idea or a project started. And after that, I will get exhausted quickly. So I need to have support around me to help me after I've created that idea. Because I can get people excited about it. I can get them to it. And I can get sell and stuff too. But I have to have support systems. Otherwise, I can't do it. So that yeah. has been, I've had to, try and fail at creating things several times not having the right support systems and now doing it again and doing it again you know yep yep i'm i think i'm i think i uh am the exact same as you in that um my amount of like and it's like it's not that i I'm sure you're the same way. It's not that I'm in, incapable of follow through. It's that my natural, like where my energy flows is, um, is most to the initiation uh, phase yes, of the creative, It's the creative energy of the thing. 
and then like supporting supporting it from a being an advocate for whatever that that product right. or, or service is so like yes. you know with with jump x i'm i get very bored now of like doing the marketing work for clients which is why i have a, a support team now to help me do that work right and i can focus on getting more right. clients or talking to the clients uh, at a higher level to see if we can sell more packages or whatever it is and that stuff still is fun to me and exciting because it's almost like this uh it's it's like a a sprint. I can like sprint to get this like sale done or closed or this marketing thing done. Um, but the long term, like working with one client for two years, sounds so boring to me. It just zaps all yeah, of my I energy. Know, I know. Well, I, I'm finding the same thing. Like uh, like just producing this show now, having done you know I did one show before this that had exactly 100 episodes and multiple things before this. You know, I hosted a, having hosted a TV show and all this different stuff. And um, what I realized is that you have to, one, you have you have to go in there knowing that you're, once you start, you push the button, you're never going to stop with content, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but if that's the case, then having that team where I can as close as possible get it to me just going in, pushing record, and then pushing stop and having everything else go out. And, yeah. and I think there's a perfectionist aspect of wanting to touch all the elements. And I still, I'm not perfectly there yet, but you have to create a system around you where um, you can operate on the system in the business and not on the, all the little knobs and dials of the business. So then if you yeah. have, now I have four people helping me with different areas of it, and then I can, I can work with those four people, but they touch individually like 20 different knobs. And I can't mess with the 20 knobs, but I can talk to the four people. Um, and, yeah. and, and it's trying to resist going in and tweaking with the knobs because you're probably a little bit better than all those four people. But if you go in and tweak with those knobs and they're going to wait for you to do that next time when they need help, or they're just going to expect you to do it, you know? Right. And yeah. It's enabling after a while. It's enabling, you know, it's like, so it's really, it's really finding that fine line of like really letting people. And that's also been part of my my learning is like how to how to really communicate with people what we need what the process is what success looks like being patient yeah. enough and not immediately taking over if they don't get exactly the result that I want the first time right and coaching people through it so that the system can be built yeah and the, and like giving um, clear expectations but yeah. then supporting the result to get that expectation met because a lot right. of what a lot of like bad managers do is they they set an expectation and they throw ownership too soon and they don't they don't support yeah. to help them get there so then people yeah. are flailing feeling like they're failing at their job when really they just didn't have clear they had an expectation but they didn't have uh support to actually achieve it yeah and i, I mean i've done i've been guilty of that in the past of like wanting to outsource something so badly that i just hand it off and be like, just take it you know and it's like <laughs> But then they don't have the support. And I'm like, that's what you're here for. <laughs> you do it. And um, ultimately, they don't succeed in the thing because I didn't give them any of the necessary training, really. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. to, 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 or, or and it also comes down to also uh, selection of people, like who you're choosing. You know, do right. they already come with some of those skill sets? Are you expecting them to learn a lot in a short amount of time? Like, so those are also things like, you know, hiring someone on saying, well, uh, you're really good at one thing, so you're probably good at all these things. You know, like you're really good at you know editing, so we'll have you do editing and our social media. And can you handle our emails too? It's like you know, no, no, no. It's like giving yeah. people clear roles, and then in the beginning, just giving them a little bit and having them master that. And it's like you know, building people up. I like what you said about that. That's a good analogy when you said 
that there's like 20 knobs and you can't, yeah. you're not allowed to touch the knobs, but you can, you meet with the people and yeah, who touch, the, touch knobs. the knobs. Yeah. yeah it's like, that's it's a like, great I analogy. Want, I want to go in there and like correct a simple blog post thing, but it's better if I say, Hey, can you change that? Cause if he doesn't change it this time, then you won't change it any other time. I have to keep going and doing it now. And yep. then when he, You've now he created someone more else, problems. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's why sometimes I try to be like, like with, um, with the show and, and Risco will listen to this. So, but I've already told him this. It's like, that's why I'm like anal sometimes about the, like, can we have the sentence like this? Or can it look like this or be shaped like that? Because I've seen, I've made the mistake of not being specific enough in the past. And then it gets duplicated everywhere. And then right. that happens <laughs> with multiple different issues. And it's all because I either wasn't clear enough or it's, it's always because I wasn't clear enough, you know? Yeah. Most of the time, you know, it's either because I didn't pick the right person or because I wasn't clear enough. I had the right person, but I wasn't clear enough. It always comes out well, to me. Yep. Ultimate lesson. Ultimate lesson. And yeah, so, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a lesson getting even cleaner with communication. And, um, and yeah, I think also too, like there's, there's over communication. So on teams, sometimes I, I've gone to the point where I'm like having too many meetings and it's like, we're not getting anything accomplished with the meeting. And it's just a check yeah. in to check in to check in, check in. It's like, did you do the work or not? You know, and you can just text me. <laughs> yeah. So there's fine that cadence. Like for a while when I was doing Rich 20, I was going hard. We are doing like stand up in the scrum. And I think that's fine for like a, you know, a, a startup with dozens of employees and multiple different, you know, uh, departments. And that's probably useful. But then for, from a, from a small team perspective, I don't know if you need to have an everyday scrum, you know? Right. Yeah. Like I, I know how, how I operate is just for or like newer contractors I'm working with, I'll do weekly until I know that they feel comfortable do like owning it and they know the process and then they could just let me know if they need anything. Um, but like for, for people like there's one contractor who's been working with me for over three years now. And I almost, I almost like forget to even check in at all. Cause she's so good and she's gotten better than me at doing the, the yeah. work. So I just like, I, like, I don't forget she exists, but like, it's like, we don't have meetings anymore unless it's a one-off, like some fringe case that we yeah. need to, you know, but like, um, like the other day we had a client meeting and we took it together. And then afterward I was like, Hey, stay on like zoom. Like I haven't talked to you in like two months. What's, uh, what's going on? <laughs> and, like, that's the best. That is the best yeah. when you like you, yeah. but, but I mean, it, it, it took, it took two years at least to get there. Not not because yep. she didn't have the skill set, but just because like learning the my preferences, even you know. I mean, and the same thing with the, with the show. Like it takes, especially with content too. Like it takes a while to get your rhythm. Like we are about to hit episode 100 of the show. In fact, I don't. When you're going to come out episode 98, I think. Right ah, we dang are. it! I want to be 100. I know, I know. you might be 90. You might be 96. I don't know what. But either way, you're going to be late 90s. <laughs> it's taken us. So I did 100 episodes before. Uh, on the first show, the Dan of the Gaza show, and uh, which was formerly the Rich Twenty show, and um, it took us five years to get to 100 episodes. Which no, no, it took, it took us four years. Four years to get 100 episodes, which is not bad. That's 25 episodes a year. That's two episodes a month, one every other week. Mm -hmm. It's not the worst. Mm -hmm. That's that's a legit performance. 100 episodes, not bad. But when we're now at 100 episodes in five months from this one, it's really shown me a lot of things much more quickly because of the volume that I've gotten in. And yeah, uh, we've gotten it because we've gotten almost 100 podcasts in, in in just a few months because uh, we're now doing them every day. And it, and it takes a lot of reps to get comfortable in a space. It takes a lot of reps to get comfortable with the flow of the conversations. It takes a lot of reps to get comfortable with the systems for distributing the podcast. We're still even like rebuilding the website the way that we need it. Uh, we're like setting up all like 
funnels and things where I, I, we're still like, I would say 40% of the way done. We're not even close. We're like when you go to the mall and they're like, please excuse our dust. We're, you know, we're moving stuff around. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's why like I haven't really even released many products or anything for the community because it's like I don't have the right distribution channels yet. I mean, I have an email list, but one thing I know I'm, I'm rambling now, but one thing I've realized no, I'm interested. About this is, yeah, there's a difference between having um, an audience and a platform, okay? There's a difference between having like, like I, I basically am looking at 2022 as I'm starting my personal brand over. Um, and, and I can come with an email list, which I've been emailing consistently for years. And I have a social, and I have a Instagram following, but now I'm trying to take those audiences and turn them into a, a, a true platform and learn and, and use what I've learned from multiple different iterations of this through Rich 20 something, through working at mm-hmm. LA weekly in the Vanguard, through working, mm-hmm. uh, at a mentorship, through working with doing e-commerce through all this different stuff. I'm now looking to utilize those skills to then build up new wave entrepreneur into a legit marketing platform with many mm-hmm. different angles to it, including a daily podcast, which is really just part of the overall structure of creating a community. And so it's great. Right. Has all these different elements of content outlets, so podcast, YouTube, email, text message, and then you have Discord, and you have postal mail, and then you have multiple different product suites, and all these things yep. and events. But all that stuff takes a bit of time to build up, and you can't just <laughs> yeah. The, but the point, the 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 goal for a, for a media platform like this, like this would be able to come up with products or services and drop them into the ecosystem and have them go out and just have that ripple effect where if people are interested in it, they can buy it, I can sell merch, I can yep. do mixtapes i can do books i can do events i can do yep. you know digital programs and products i can do partnership stuff and all i do is that and eventually i'll have people helping me to manage this whole platform which i already i'm building that team now and we just say this is what we're releasing this week this is what we're doing this month and we just drop it and it goes everywhere and we have and part of the platform is it has to be cohesive each piece of it has to connect to the other piece it can't just be you're on my email list and you got an email and go follow me on instagram at some point it has to be every piece connects and directs to the next to the other piece in a circular motion because right. you have your you have like your outer platform which is the the public facing social media then you have your inner platform which is like your email list your text messages list your direct mail and other forms just on discord you know uh, mm-hmm. like chat messaging and then you have yeah. your customer list and then yeah. inside your customer list you have like your best customers so there's multiple levels of this russian doll thing but I have, over the years, I have customers, clients, and friends and all on my email list, on my, my follow list. But now I'm trying to really build that whole platform where I have a clarity on the structures, where the content's all going out. You know, even to the point where it's like the podcast has to go out at the same time every day. Right yeah. now, our, the, we're finding that the best time is 4 a.m. Pacific, which is 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern. And that makes sense, I guess. But even to the point, yeah, where we need to be a certain amount ahead so that this podcast are scheduled, so they're not coming out at random times, but our numbers are consistent, so they have a whole platform view. But man, it right. takes a minute. You know, so you're saying yeah. it took two years to get to this <laughs> point with this, and it, t- it just takes a minute to build this stuff, and you can't rush it. And so it's right. like, fuck, you know, you wish you could rush it, but you really, for these types of things to happen, even if you threw money at it, you really, you can throw money at it, but money doesn't create an emotional sensation in someone who's engaging with the content. You can put it everywhere. And we've seen that. I mean, you've seen that all across social media. It doesn't create yeah. engagement. It it just creates it just creates followers or involvement. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like it's like meme. It's like meme accounts. It's like yeah, they might have a million followers, but no one gives a crap about them. Yeah, that and or yeah, that and and even I would think I think you'd find even like I don't even know or care to name any specific names, but like a lot of influencers probably you'd find have really blown up their accounts with a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways to, you know, it doesn't mean they're always buying followers. Sometimes that happens, but like just even, even ads are a good example. Like this is one thing I've learned. We got a lot of customers through Facebook ads, but those customers didn't care about us that much. Yeah. You know, 
we, we spent, I don't know, half a million dollars on ads, you know, half a million to a million on ads. Yeah. And we got, you know, 4,000 customers. And our product was much more well-received by people who found it organically than it was yeah. by people who just saw it on an ad, especially when it's a consumer good. And it's just because you're having transactional interactions with people. And that's how it is across all social media. But you, you can't pay for people to care. You know, right? Yeah, that that's such such a good point. Um, well, first of all, congratulations on almost getting to a hundred by the, right now, and I know you will hit it. That Thank you. Is in five months, man. You're you're uh, that's that's consistency right there. I I just did. I know I was. We talked last week, and I told you I did. I did thirty one podcasts in thirty days. And and they weren't even they, they weren't you're you're doing like full on like interviews on some or like like you've oh, got yeah. a variety. Mine were mine were max like nine minutes of me just like talking about something. But um anyway, so congratulations. That's that's really cool. Thank you. But then like something you were saying that that was was a really a really good like teaching lesson in my own brain of like building like building up a brand and a platform where people actually care requires time like you you it's impossible to rush it but expertise doesn't always take time it takes reps and so like you're you getting to 100 episodes the expertise level is the same whether it took you five months arguably even better because of the recency of all the little micro lessons you learned um, and having to apply them quickly you did it in five months instead of whatever what did you say three years yeah four years and so it's like your expertise is, was just about the reps, but building the actual brand takes time and can't be rushed. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, yeah, the, and, and that's the thing too. It's like, because there's a separation between expertise and the brand's prominence, you could say, people get discouraged. They'll say, I'm so good at this and yeah. people should recognize me more. There's no correlation between someone, the quality of someone's art and the sales of that art. You know, so that's just something to remember. And, and, and you can only, hope to have staying power by showing up a long time and people really need a lot of exposures to brands to remember them so like one thing that i I did really well with rich 20 something is i i really hammered it in there i really really hammered it in there and the book helped and the book is something that kind of has a life of its own because people see it in places that i'm not associated with like they'll remember that um and then when i transitioned to alpha mentorship what i learned through that was that like people uh you can't just make a brand switch and say all right we're doing this now I mean, you can, but people people are still going to be thinking about what you were doing before because they're not in your shoes. They're not thinking, oh, you know, you've had this life change, so now you're changing brands. So it makes total sense. I'll just stop calling you Rich 20-something. It's like people <laughs> need several several exposures to the new thing. And so now when I, see, when, I, when I think about New Wave, I think about all the different elements that have to go into it to create a new brand that people will understand, recognize, and remember. And... Um, it comes down to me uh, having the same, uh, you know, outro, like, you know, switch up on in and surf this new wave, Daniel, out. You know, having the same outro every time and, and uh, having some of the, you know, when I'm on the thing, having some of the branding oh, here. Oh, look at that. And, yeah. You know, and and, um, and and then having all the, the websites up a certain way. And so it's like, I didn't realize all those pieces were so important before. And now yeah. I, I kind of, I, I see. Yeah. I think that's something I've been learning too is, is like, early the early years of entrepreneurship for me were very much like speed over quality you know just like Same get get it done get get the bare minimum to where i can get a customer figure the rest out later the problem is i forgot to figure the rest out later <laughs> and so you end yeah. up with this uh 
you know, you, you can end up with a with a company running on, you know, rubber bands and duct tape and then uh, oh, yeah. for, forgetting to actually like build a solid foundation after you've proved that your business model works. The dangerous thing for me was I learned internet marketing before I learned business and they're not the same thing. <laughs> you know, Explain internet the difference. Marketing, internet marketing is a skill set inside of business, which is a much larger discipline. And business is, you know, not even the same thing as entrepreneurship, which is more like a philosophical position. But internet marketing is mostly just a skill set of copywriting and, and uh, making information products and collecting sales. And internet marketing can also extend to anything that's e-commerce, anything that's physical. But I learned on info products, which is a specifically extreme area of internet marketing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's one of the most salesy, uh, but it's also one of the great places, best best places to learn traditional sales, and then you can apply it. So mm-hmm. the experience was priceless, but I just got so good at selling that I didn't learn all the business skills until later. And I had to go in and backfill that stuff. And it just takes a while to know, to like, you can make a lot of money and then still be like fucking things up. You're like, I thought if I just marketed it and I just sold it, that that would solve most of the problems. But there's all these you know people and positions yeah. and strategies and markets and uh, uh, product market fit and investments. And and you know, fill in the blank. Customer service, tech, yep. cash all this flow, stuff. cash yeah. flow, all this stuff has nothing to do with like sales page, landing page, ads, swipe. Yep. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> and I wish, I wish that it was that easy. all it was. Yeah. You know, and that's that's something I just had to learn. And you know, and and, and that, that was all of Rich Twenty was all just me just figuring out that I could make a lot of money with info. And then after that, it was like, oh, I have to have to have to learn the rest. Yeah, like the 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 marriage between uh making money but then longevity right is Same is, power. is tough yeah because there's yeah, well, any, you see brands all the time once. yeah you, you see you see brands uh I, I mean i think i think looking at like social media influencers is a good example of that how it's 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 really hard to stay relevant if you've been surface level the whole time yeah. so if you're like yeah if you got if you got a big following because because you or like a fitness competitor or something. And then you decide, you know, you grow out of that. Or you don't want to do that anymore. And you start kind of changing. It's like, but you, you never, you never went deep to build real relationships. All you did was like do sponsored posts or maybe have like one fitness program on your website or something. People don't really know you. They don't really know. Yeah. Like they, they know this like online version of you and you, you start trying to change what you're talking about, change what you're selling. People have a hard time with that transition because it's, like like you were saying, like I mean, I had you in my phone as Daniel Rich Twenty until like last year. I told you, I told you, and it's just like because that's how I put you that's in my phone when I, we met exactly the first what time. I said. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I said. People that that brand sticks for a while, you know. Yeah, you don't. Sometimes you you don't even know intentionally what you're creating or not creating, but that, that which really just shows. But that to me, that just shows how much you should be intentional about creating those things. Yeah, yeah, and I think. um I have such a hard time with that too. Cause I like personally, when I'm starting a new project or something, like if it doesn't like click just right in my brain, I have the hardest time pushing go um, because I know I'll quit. Like if, <laughs> if something yeah. feels, if I like start, I mean, yeah, I've, I've had podcasts in the past and they've, I've tried different angles. Like at one point it was like all about entrepreneurship and then it was like all about health hacks. And then it was, all about like like I kept changing it because what I was yep. interested in kept changing. But if you do that, you build a like 
you build an audience that doesn't even know why they follow you anymore. There's no loyalty. Yep. It's tough. It's tough. It's very tough. Well, that's, that's why I did. That's why and I thought about that beforehand. Uh, Cause I, I also, I'll review things now mentally to see where the danger spots are. If I'm starting a new project, because it's kind of like we were saying before, I'm look, I'm going to be 34 this year and I consider myself in my prime. So I don't want to waste any of my energy on things that aren't going to be going towards my ultimate goal, which is creating, yep. you know, obviously financial freedom for myself and really outside of that, having a lot of fun, having yeah. a lot of fun with what I'm doing. When I was just internet marketing, I was feeling pretty empty, man. And yeah. I was feeling just annoyed with having to feel like that was the only thing I was good at. But as I've started to like loosen up on that a bit and just talk about what is interesting to me, you know, do a lot more in-person events, do things that I feel like I'm connecting with people uh, outside of more than just the digital version of myself. It's, uh, it's allowed me to unlock better work, I feel, as well yeah. as like get my creative juice back. But um, I wanted this to be really fun. What, what I'm doing now, I think is really fun. So like I've gotten back yeah. into the actual studio again. I'm going into a studio space where my, it's only my job to create. And I've been thinking to myself like, this is a cool job. Like, obviously I always want more, want it to be better and bigger or whatever. But it's like, I'm podcasting for a living and I, you know, sometimes I release products or I do events. I'm like, this is a pretty cool life. Like it could, you know, I, there's always more, but this is a pretty cool life. And yeah. um, I try to think about like uh, what would make me quit a project beforehand. And one of the things is like um, feeling like I'm, I'm bo- bored with the topic, which is kind of what you were saying. And yeah. uh, that's why I made this the new wave because the new wave can be anything. The new wave is whatever is new right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I made, made the topics broad enough to where I could flow between conversations. And that's yeah. why I also wanted to do seven days a week. I thought about this. That's why I also want to do seven days a week because I feel like there's a lot of stuff I want to say. And if people are used to hearing different types of content from me, it won't feel bad if I'm like, today I'm talking about, honestly, what, what am I going to name this podcast? Daniel and Dustin are talking about shit. Like, it's not a very specific <laughs> topic. But right. if you're listening for the whole week, I have a lot of really pinpointed stuff. I have like current events, politics, you know, um, interview stuff, uh, one-on-one stuff. And so this is just something people can sample. But I knew that I was setting myself up to where I could create whatever I wanted and not feel constricted. I think you're a creator too. And you feel, so if you start mm-hmm. to feel constricted, there's a box around what you've, and you, yes. you made the box for yourself. Yeah. That's the worst. Create your own prison. You know, you create your own. Uh, it's like, it's like we create this, this, uh, this, like res- these restrictions for ourselves so that we can, so we can feel like we're, we're challenging our own restrictions. Right. Yeah. You know, we set up these, these things for ourselves, these challenges for ourselves to either meet or fail. And then we either praise or criticize ourselves. You know? Yeah, I like I like to rebel against my previous self. Yeah, <laughs> whatever decisions yeah. I made yesterday, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, <laughs> I got a new idea. Well, the, I mean, one thing I've been meditating a lot recently on, and this was actually in this book I was uh, telling you about the way of mastery. He was just saying how, um, like, if you stop during the day and think one thing, you know, to center yourself, let it be that, uh, you know, you are creating everything you're experiencing essentially, like. What you are experiencing is an act of God experiencing itself, self-referentially. Like if you if you are if you are recognizing that everything you're saying and thinking is creating something in the physical world, it's the mm-hmm. same as the creation process. Just like we yeah. are, like God creating. You know, and, and the power of the words, the power of the thought creates sometimes physical things and sometimes just an inner reality. You know, the way that mm-hmm. we think about things and perceive things, we're then creating our inner world. So it could be like 
uh, I have some feelings. I, I see someone else and I, I'm thinking that they're feeling negatively about me. And now I'm creating a scenario in my mind. And I'm, yeah. I'm li- and then I, and then I live in that scenario where it creates physical sensations in me, like of pain or of anxiety or of fear, you know? So yeah. that's like, or, or, you know, um, the, you know, the, the physical things that we do and say and experience then have a ripple effect in the real world. And so everything that we're doing is creating, you know, and, and mm-hmm. when you have that awakening, it really makes you think about how powerful you are. It's almost too yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, l- I really like that. It's like the, um, the, the gift of like free, free will and freedom of choice is it's it like it baked in with it is, is unlimited possibilities, but it can be difficult to live a life where we don't have constraints, which is why like, um, you know, why morals and things like that are important. Cause like, you like like you said we can create by we can create by what we say what we do what we think what we think is true like all these things cre- create things and um if if we it's a lot it's a lot of responsibility it's a lot of power to hold it's a lot. but with that but with that also comes a lot of beauty and joy and and possibility Ah, my friends, I hope you enjoyed digging on today's episode as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. And by the way, you know, as I said, this is kind of an abrupt ending, but you can catch up with uh, with some of the conversations that Dustin and I had. I've had over the uh, over the years in our throwback episodes. So I'll probably put up a throwback conversation I've had with him, uh, and we do those on Thursdays. So if you haven't noticed, we have a, a format now. It's Monday. It's motive. It's mindset Monday, which is always like some sort of gem you can take with you for the week. Tuesday and Wednesday are brand new interviews with interesting people who are defining the new wave. Uh, Thursdays, I'm doing throwback of the best content I've ever done. <laughs> the best, the best content I've ever done. Whether it's solo talks, uh, interviews I've done in the past. Just I have years, almost ten years of content now, and you're going to hear my best stuff. Uh, Fridays is always a recap of the week, so it's always news headlines, updates. Uh, just things are happening in the world, current events. Saturday is Q&A with me. And if you want to get in on that Q&A, just join the Discord. I ask questions in there or you ask questions in there and I answer them on the podcast. And Sunday is always Sunday affirmations. And we always do something for the soul on Sunday, some sort of prayer, meditation, affirmation, visualization. And we have some really good stuff planned for you there, which is another reason why I'm in the studio again, because you just need those types of conditions to, you know, create the best product for you. So make sure you're checking all that stuff out. Follow on whatever uh, whatever platform you're listening to us on. You leave me the comment or review, um, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and also check out newwaveentrepreneur.com to get all the most recent stuff we have going for you. And check out the release of Power Packs, which is coming uh, in about a week here. So that is it, guys. The water is warm. The tide is rising. Everyone jump on in and surf this new wave. Daniel, out.